Hi, and welcome back to the European VC, the go-to podcast for everything European VC. If you love our show, share it with your friends and join us in the EU VC community syndicates at theeuropeanvc.com. Welcome to another Hot Off The Press episode. This is our special series on navigating the current market with Europe's absolute VC elite. Today, we welcome back Lindsay and Kemper from Industry Ventures. They certainly had a lot more to share. Lindsay is the Managing Director at Industry and focuses on originating, valuing and managing primary fund commitments and direct co-investment opportunities for the tech buyout team. Kemper is the Vice President at Industry and focuses on the firm's secondary and tech buyout investments, as well as driving business development efforts across their platform. Brace yourselves for some new and exciting advice. If you enjoy our content, do support us by hitting the follow button, giving it a review and following us on LinkedIn. This episode is part of a special series on navigating the current market and is sponsored by Isma Capital, one of Europe's leading fund of funds. We thank Isma for their support in making this episode possible and being a strong supporter of the EU VC community. If you haven't yet connected with them, make sure to do so. You couldn't wish for a better LP partner. Lindsay and Kemper, thank you so much for joining us on such short notice to come back and talk a bit about the navigating the current market with us. Well, thanks for having us back. <laughs> Great to be back here with you guys. We try and keep these episodes snappy, so let's get right into it. Give us a bit of the macro view. What are you seeing happening right now in the market in Europe, and but also contrasted to what you're seeing and talking about with your U.S. colleagues every day? Yeah, so I'd say, you know, to no surprise, I think it's been kind of a, a confluence of rising interest rates coupled with inflationary concerns and uh, potential recessionary risks that have, have kind of wreaked havoc right on tech valuations. And we're seeing this both in the U.S. and in Europe. And especially the public tech comps have certainly taken a beating. That reset in valuation is starting to work its way through the private markets. And we're seeing that really at, across all stages, probably more pronounced at the later stage than it is at, at the earliest stage, but really starting to see that ripple through. In terms of new venture activity, that certainly has declined since uh, last year. But that being said, we're still seeing kind of more non-traditional VCs also active in the market. Time will tell, right? I think that we'll start to see that start to dissipate a bit over the back half of this year. And then I think, you know, as we think about some of our GPs starting to, to sort through how to incorporate the new norm, right, as it relates to kind of public market resets and how that impacts kind of their own private positions and how they're marking those. From an exit perspective, we've seen kind of the exit markets pretty subdued, obviously, with IPOs kind of completely drying up. But, you know, I'd say that as companies are certainly being mindful of kind of their own cash positions, just kind of trying to elongate the runway of their spend. And we're starting to see uh, some more kind of layoffs kind of across the board on our, our companies as well. Not all doom and gloom, right? It's, uh, there is a, a notable amount of dry powder, right? So we talked about this previously, but there is absolutely a, a flight to quality. And so we're still seeing really high quality companies raising rounds where those are, are competitive and folks are, are still fighting to kind of get into those. 
And there still has been a decent amount of deal activity, right? To put it into context, even though it's down relative to 2021, last quarter there was you know 62 billion of venture deal volume in the U.S. It's still very much an inactive market. I think it's just kind of bifurcating. I'd love for you to touch on the secondaries market because you just put out the report saying that likely we're going to hit uh, 130 billion in 2023. And I'd love to hear how you're seeing the market, how you're navigating it. Our senior team has had the benefit of investing through multiple market cycles, which gives us some unique perspective as it relates to the secondary market. This is the sixth significant downturn that we've been through as a firm. We had the dot-com reset in 2000, global financial crisis in 2008, two shorter-lived sell-offs in 2016 and 2018, COVID, and now what we're currently seeing in the market. These resets are always a little bit different, but there are a few trends that have been consistent throughout each, one of which is that they tend to create incredible opportunities in the secondary market and tend to produce some of the best vintages of secondary funds, as well as private funds more broadly. We think that this will be especially true this time around. We're preparing for what we expect to be a very robust market for secondaries, as companies, fund managers, and stakeholders broadly across the venture ecosystem begin to seek liquidity and alternative formats. We also expect that this reset will similarly be a strong tailwind for the tech buyout market. Many smaller venture-backed businesses are beginning to optimize for profitability over growth. And those that fall within the strike zone for buyout funds, typically software companies selling to enterprise customers, are becoming more attractive buyout targets as they shift their financial profiles to be more stable and predictable. Our team has been patient this year, and we think that the dust is beginning to settle. Some of the impacts of this correction may take quarters, if not a couple of years, to play out. We've seen less of an impact at the earliest stages of venture, as Lindsay highlighted, but our team and our fund managers are helping prepare founders and portfolio companies for a prolonged adverse fundraising environment. I think what everyone wants to avoid in this climate is needing to raise capital. That's where we tend to see more predatory behavior around structure and valuation. The best companies in the market will weather the storm and in the same way that they did in 2000 and 2008, will gain market share as less capital efficient competitors wither. So I think our team has a pretty strong sense of how we expect things to play out in the coming quarters because we're fortunate to have this long, rear-looking perspective on the market. So on the one hand, we're really excited about the opportunity set that we believe is ahead of us, particularly related to secondaries. But right now, we're spending a lot of time with our portfolio to make sure that we're prepared for what could be a very different environment that could persist for some time. Just want to make sure that I come back to um, topic that Andreas raised and, and create the space for you guys to add any comment if you have, which is this contrasting between Europe or US, right? Because often... I find this to be a pain of mine and and one of the big reasons why we started the European VC. It's so easy to find interesting reports inside market commentaries, whatever, about the US and about Europe less so even to today. So I'd love to hear your comments or thoughts around that contrasting of the two geographies. Yeah, good question. I'd say, you know, from a macro perspective, very similar, right? In terms of what we had highlighted previously, I think we're seeing that play out both across the US and Europe. 
I'd say that bifurcation is also happening as well in the U.S. and Europe. I'd say that there still is a tremendous amount of interest in European-based companies from U.S. VCs, right? But that is skewing towards kind of this top echelon, right, of companies where, again, they're still getting, you know, competitive term sheets from a, a broad number of participants, which still does include a number of U.S. players. I would say, you know, the one area of difference that is probably important to note is really around the secondary market. I'd say as a whole, the secondary market, especially as it relates to venture, is just a bit more matured in the U.S. versus kind of Europe. And so I think that with that, you know, as as we think about kind of where some of that growth is going to come from, we are going to see, you know, continued deal activity as it relates to the U.S. in venture because a lot of people know that those liquidity outlets exist. I think, you know, conversely, in Europe, I think it's less familiar. However, there's a lot less participants in Europe as well, too. So we are kind of reaping the benefits because it's really kind of been a greenfield place more broadly. But I think it, it may take a little while to kind of come on board versus kind of the U.S., which is very much an active environment and kind of scaling pretty quickly just in this current environment. I think that's a great observation about the difference in the the secondary markets. We've seen a huge amount of secondary market volume in the U.S. this year. We've seen the same in Europe, but because there are fewer buyers here, a lot of those transactions don't end up trading. One interesting trend that I think we've noticed over here is that certain companies, certain funds are looking for liquidity elsewhere, and the secondary market isn't as ubiquitous of an option in Europe as it is in the U.S. So in the U.S., we've seen M&A and buyout volume for venture-backed companies decline sharply this year, whereas in Europe, they're both up substantially, I think, to the tune of 50 and 75%. Yeah. Uh, super interesting. I just want to um, take a moment to say this very interesting insight for our GP listeners. To anyone listening in that's curious about uh, what Lindsay and Kemper do on a daily basis, check out episode 96, where we highlight a bit more about industry. And then you'll also get a lot of context to you know where these comments are coming from, because they have an interesting view to the market. And, and we spoke for like 30, 40 minutes about that. So that's super cool. Episode 96. And now my favorite question of this special series, which is, in my opinion, natural question. So what are you doing inside of industry ventures today, given the current market? Let me, let me pivot it differently. What we really want to hear is what's going on inside industry? What's going on? I don't know your exact address, but how are you uh, dealing with things? What, what, who is getting up on the beer crate saying, this is what we need to do? And, and how are those discussions evolving? I'd love to dive deeper on that. Get inside the mindset and thinking of industry. Yeah, no, it's a, it's a very good question. And I'd say that, you know, it, it's a couple fold, right, as we think about our different strategies. And so I think as we put our secondary hat on, Andreas, as we had mentioned before, just given kind of the, the sheer market opportunity here, we are are particularly excited about what we're seeing in that market. We are, as Kempered highlighted, being patient, right? Waiting for kind of that valuation reset to take place and seeing kind of interesting opportunities as the dust starts to settle. Again, that bifurcation is really important for us in order to kind of make sure we're coming and kind of selecting the the best companies that are born out of these times, right, or that start to emerge where, you know, oftentimes these overfunded competitors start to wither. 
And so really cherry picking the, the best businesses. And so we anticipate kind of that secondary activity to pick up pretty meaningfully for us over the back end of this year. As it relates to some of our earlier stage efforts, I think, you know, to piggyback off of what Kemper had mentioned, really focusing on, you know, helping prepare founders in our portfolios to make sure that they're well-funded, right, to whether kind of what could be kind of more pronounced or longer-term impact from this kind of current environment, um, recognizing that financings may not come together nearly as quickly as they once had and in, in trying to focus those businesses. And then also our GPs, right, to make sure that they have enough capital to support their underlying portfolio companies as well. And so that's what we're focused on on the venture side. You know, just to quickly touch on kind of the buyout end of the ecosystem as well, I think it's an important note to kind of underscore what Kemper had highlighted earlier is that we do anticipate, you know, given this current environment, given that folks are really prioritizing kind of profitability over growth to really preserve kind of their existing cash balances, that may set, uh, you know, a number of companies kind of on a trajectory that ultimately ends up with more of a, a buyout exit, right? And so looking at a growing number of opportunities for our buyout GPs and kind of co-investments alongside that lens as well. What we mentioned before is really important to underscore. It's still really great companies, really great founding teams right out there. It's just kind of making sure we're really selective and kind of vigilant in terms of the, the ones that we're backing. I think the only thing I'd add there is, you know, this is a very different year and we're probably spending a lot more time kind of educating the market on what different options look like, particularly related to secondaries. We're seeing a lot of folks poke their heads out for the first time to look around the secondary market. You know, in years past, liquidity has come organically. It was perhaps not as urgent of a need for them to think through how to manage several positions in older funds. I think today the secondary market is becoming one of very few options as the IPO window remains shut. So while there haven't been you know, a substantial number of trades this year yet, as Lindsay mentioned, we expect that to pick up meaningfully. And I think we're helping folks understand how to, to navigate the market when that happens. So let's go to maybe what to me is the most exciting <laughs> part of this interview. What dangerous advice or behavior do you see in the market that you're willing to call out and say that needs to change? Maybe some of the, the best advice is kind of consistent with what you've heard uh, you know, earlier. It's continue to focus on execution, right? Heads down, hit the milestones that you set out, focus on the business and not necessarily the noise around kind of the, the market. And then be mindful of kind of who you're taking capital from as well, too. I think, you know, as always, right, be cognizant of kind of what what is it the GPs are bringing to bear in terms of expertise, especially experience, I think, really matters in kind of times like this, where this isn't, you know, the first go at, at kind of a downturn and, and really, you know, picking a partner that can help you navigate those uncertain waters. It's funny because you almost naturally answered the upcoming questions, <laughs> which is great. <laughs> no, but it's actually, uh, we, so we have an adapted quickfire round for the special series where we basically repeat the same question three times, but focusing on a different stakeholder, right? And I, I, there is a risk here of making Lindsay repeat herself, but I think it's nice to have it structured in this manner. Yeah. Also, so it's super interesting. So I'd ask the first one. So what are you saying to LPs these days, considering how the market is? Yeah, it's a, it's a really good question. I'd say, you know, as I mentioned before, kind of despite all the market volatility, 
we are still seeing really great companies with fantastic products, right, and very talented teams. And I'd say as valuations reset, now is actually the time to lean in, right? As we've seen in, in prior downturns, some of the best companies and the best private equity and venture vintages are really created out of these times. And you know, it doesn't necessarily feel natural to lean in when this is resetting, but it really is. We, you know, as a firm, continue to remain really vigilant around kind of seeking out the best uh, or most attractive opportunities. And as we flagged earlier, experience really does matter. Having been through prior market cycles, as Kempert highlighted before, really leaning on kind of the 20 plus years of experience yeah. we have really kind of helps in these uncertain times. And I think, you know, this one is different than prior downturns, but to be able to kind of pattern recognize and understand kind of what may happen um, brings a different lens, um, which I think is really important. Same question, but now focusing more on GPs or VC partners that you both invest in, but also co-invest with. What are you telling them? Yeah, I think the most poignant advice perhaps is prepare for fewer exits this year and perhaps even next year. The last few years have you know, been very unique in that they've produced a significant number of record-setting exits that have returned funds, sometimes even young funds, multiple times over. I think that type of environment is has obviously changed. The market seems to be course correcting after a crazy but excellent few years where cumulative value of, of IPOs in both the US and, and Europe are now down sharply. So what we expect is that a disproportionate amount of liquidity relative to prior years will be produced by buyout, M&A, and secondaries instead of IPOs. What we're telling our managers is to be thoughtful about seeking a different profile of liquidity and perhaps in a more measured but sustainable way than what we've seen play out in, in recent years. Yeah. We're also being very prudent about our entry valuations in our own funds and are sort of advising others to do the same. And I think that links beautifully well to the last question, which is what are you saying to founders these days? Yeah, and this is where it may be a little bit repetitive, but it's really kind of keep your head down and focus right on, on executing. It may take time, right, to grow into the valuation that you have, but be mindful of kind of the cash you have budget for you know additional time to fundraise so you don't find yourself in a, a jam right and really really just focus on kind of hitting those those next milestones I've got nothing to add <laughs> <laughs> Lindsay and Kemper thanks so much for joining us today it's always awesome to be getting the perspectives of the fund of funds of Europe so thanks so much for joining us thank you for providing your perspectives on what we're seeing right now absolutely thank you again for having us. Great to see you guys. Thanks for having us. Thank you for listening to this episode of The European VC, the go-to podcast for everything European VC. If you love our show, share it with your friends and join us in the EU VC community syndicates at theeuropeanvc.com. This episode is part of a special series on navigating the current market and is sponsored by Isma Capital, one of Europe's leading fund of funds. We thank Isma for their support in making this episode possible and being a strong supporter of the EU VC community. If you haven't yet connected with them, make sure to do so. You couldn't wish for a better LP partner.